Blog Talk Radio. services that those on the first line of defense against 
COVID is the doctors and nurses, especially the people that clean up after them and the people in the supermarkets that have kept us uh, happy and fed. Uh, tonight we have a we start the show with a very sad uh, situation. Uh, on Monday morning, I was informed that uh, our on-air on host, uh, Tom Gilbert, uh, from uh, Fighting Words uh, uh, Sports Tonight, uh, has passed away uh, in his sleep. Uh, Tom was born in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. He was raised in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Springfield, Pennsylvania. Uh, he, he attended uh, Springfield High School, the um, Brandywine Community College, which is now part of Widener University, and was uh, on the um, staff of the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Tampa Bay Storm. Uh, Tom was survived by his cousin, uh, Kathy, and uh, his good friends, uh, many friends he has in, in the Florida and Pennsylvania areas. So we're going to uh, just take a pause for just a minute uh, to honor Tom. Okay. That out of the way, I want to welcome uh, Bob, uh, Gaden, uh, Z, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Tony, and I uh, oh, here's Mr. Ty. How you doing, Mr. Ty? How you doing? How's everyone doing? Everybody's doing great. Good. Yeah, good. Uh, well, let's hey, start with. Uh, you know, I, I think um, Chef Tony wants to talk to people. Go ahead, Chef. Uh, I don't want to rub it in because it, it could have gone either way. But well, let's talk a little bit about cambosis and Tiafomo. Mm. I got mm-hmm. a little piling here, something that I've been getting ready all week. It's all <laughs> mustered up real nice and special ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants the sandwich first? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, you know, I'm reading here. It says doctors say Teofibo Lopez, lucky he's not dead after Boxer found to have fought with air in his chest. He could have been hit yeah, in the chest. Well. He could have been in the chest. Could have been. Could have been killed. Well, okay. If it was that severe, why'd you fight in the first place? I get it. You got a big fight set up. You don't want to back out of it. But don't go throwing this stuff out at you know later on when you lost it because nobody really expected him to lose. You know, and and he did. Yeah. And now all this is out there. And sorry, it's that you lost the minute you did, but Cambosis did put up a good fight. That's just all there is to it. And you know what, Tony? I read the same report, the same medical report. Well, not medical report, but the same article regarding these medical reports. And and that could be very well the case. And if that's the case, then, um, you know, he's he's fortunate. Um, but it's not why he lost the fight. Uh, it's not why he lost the fight at all. He lost the fight because uh, Campos came in with a better game plan. He was focused. He stuck to his game plan. And Campos won that fight before they stepped in the ring by getting under Lopez's skin. He psychologically defeated Lopez before he physically beat him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was a good fight. Good fight, but. Uh... You know, like I agree 100% with what I said. It's, he came in with the plan. He took 
took control and did what he had to do, and you could just tell Lopez was frustrated. If he was sick, I mean, I'd give it to him. He's sick, but don't come out with all this excuse you know, stuff afterwards. You know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's Cambos' day. He earned it. Sure. Caden? Well, it's not, it's not like he, he wore, like, a, a, a walkout outfit that was too heavy. I mean, it's not like having a legit <laughs> <laughs> and 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 then you know and then I'm I didn't see the article or the fight, but I'm just picking up what you guys said. They said he he got something about he had lungs in his chest or, or air in his chest. Like isn't that where your lungs are at? Like I'm pretty yeah. sure that's where it's supposed to go. You know, but it's like oh he didn't fight well. He had urine in his bladder. Yeah. <laughs> Zito, what you think? Oh, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I, caught the, uh, I didn't catch uh, what, what was being said. I'm sorry. We're talking about the uh, Lopez fight. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, um, it was a very, very good fight. Very, very uh, mm-hmm. entertaining fight. Um, Cambosis, Cambosis, he, he brought it. And um, he, he didn't seem, well, he was... He had he was aware of Lopez's power, but he didn't fear it. And mm-hmm. what he did is, is first of all, he was first in line. And mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 the tendency to justify this that they be first, that they either be mm-hmm. first faking or first throwing a punch. Um, but Gambosis, he, he was first. And mm-hmm. Lopez, he, he looked a little limited, to be honest. He looked limited. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was throwing hard one twos, but that was, I mean, mainly it. He, he didn't really incorporate his, any left hook. He uh, he had trouble going to the body. He didn't go to the body mm-hmm. as much. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Lopez, he just he didn't. He, he couldn't find the bead to drop his power on until late, and he did get knocked down mm-hmm. late. But I think in the eleventh round. But then Cambosis came back, and, and to me, won the twelfth round. So, um, actually, yeah, he got the knockdown in the tenth. In the tenth, okay. Yeah, and then yeah. Cambosis came back and won the next two rounds. Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. The minute he came back and won the next round. So, I mean, even then, I mean, Lopez, he he just he looked like he just couldn't get to the target without the target getting to him. And he mm-hmm. looked it looked and, like he had a lot of air in his lungs. <laughs> you, you know what? He looked like a guy who said he was going to knock Zion out in the first round, and that's all he game plan for. That's what he looked like. He was in shape. See, that's why. I mean, the lung thing that that could be legit, but he showed he was still with the, with, with his lung capacity was able to go a pretty hard twelve rounds and get a knockdown late. So that's why I'm not going to discount the lungs, but that's not why he lost the fight. He looked like a guy whose mm-hmm. game plan was to come out there and just run over George Campos. And when that didn't happen, he had no plan B, except the plot. So his plan B was to try plan A harder. And that wasn't mm-hmm. working that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if he wouldn't have had air as long, he would have still lost. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. As good as what do you think of uh, Caden, what do you think of uh, Cyborg defeating uh, Sinead Cavanaugh? Uh, Caden. Oh, 
My bad. Going to one of these days. My phone was muted. Uh, oh, his girlfriend finally <laughs> caught up with him. Yep. Um, she just walked in the door. Yeah, I, I didn't watch. I didn't watch that fight live, um, but I did. I did mm-hmm. see the aftermath of it. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, Cyborg, she, she's she's proved again that she's she's a hell of a fighter. You know, she's she's up mm-hmm. there. She's definitely not in her prime anymore. Definitely not in her prime years, and she's still a champion. That that says something. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not in the UFC, that still says something. Mm-hmm. Big. mm-hmm. What do you think, Bob? That's. Same thing as Caden. I didn't. I didn't see the fight. Cyborg's a beast. Now she's calling out. Uh, who's she calling out? Uh, Kaz and Gano, uh, which I think would be a cool mm-hmm. fight. Mm-hmm. How about uh, on, uh, yeah, Cater uh, uh, Vieira Bob took uh, took out Misha Tate. <laughs> Bob? Hello? Hello? Yeah. Yeah, I was saying, Kate Riviera uh, took out uh, Misha Tate. Do anything on that? Yeah, I was, I was upset about that. It wasn't, a, you know, a huge uh, victory, but she was gotten Misha up, uh, really controlled that, that jab and that range. Um and, uh, yeah, it was sad to see Misha lose. Um, and, you know, good job for the other the other girl, you know, not being mm-hmm. used as a stepping mm-hmm. stone. Yeah. Ty? I thought that was a very, very impressive uh, victory by Caitlin Vieira. She had been – she's like two and two over her last four. She came into the UFC with a lot of hype. But – her game hadn't translated that well into win, wins and losses. And so she was going in as a slight underdog to Misha Tate, even though she had been the active fighter Tate had been out all those years. Um, and part mm-hmm. of the reason why is because she's fumbled opportunities in big moments. Um, so it was, it was, it was I, you know, Tate is kind of a nostalgia pick, right, for guys like Bob and, you know, us old guys who've been watching MMA since it started, for Bob who's been fighting since it started. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is Caitlin Vera showed what kind of problems Misha Tate's going to have going forward because the division has evolved. Women's fighting has evolved. And even though Caitlin Vera had, had been inconsistent, one thing about her, though, she's still a big girl for the weight. She's solid. She was able to thwart the takedowns, and she was just able to piece Misha up from range. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just being a little older in the game, Misha's all-around skills, even though they're developed on some levels, just aren't as polished as these girls who've been training everything since they were little, just like the guys have. So uh, it, was, mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was a very, to me, impressive victory. It wasn't a dominating victory, but it was impressive because she finally got over the hump there at the end. Mm-hmm. But wasn't it refreshing that, she, you know, she didn't lose and then say, oh, well, I squeezed out a couple of kids. Like, I had air in my lungs. You know, there's no excuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I squeezed. <laughs> no excuse. No excuse. Yeah. Hey, Z, let me ask you a question. Joe Joyce uh, says that he wants to fight uh, Tyson Fury before uh, uh, Dylan White uh, do you, one, do you think that would ever come to pass? And two, 
uh, would Fury take it? Um, well, the way Eddie Hearn to me does Dylan White, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Dylan White mm-hmm. is a guy I think who's earned a, a title a shot above most anybody else. Uh, he he uh, he got a shot against Joshua. I don't know if Joshua was championing, but he he fought Joshua. Good fight. Uh, he buzzed Joshua, but he lost. Uh, I don't know. Like I would, I don't know if Joe Joyce is in line as far as Tyson Fury is concerned. But I mean, that fight could be quite possible. It could be quite possible. I wouldn't be surprised. Joe Joyce Zito is the number one ranked contender for one of Joshua's belts. Uh, I forget which one. I think it's maybe the the WBL or, but he's the number one ranked contender for that belt. And so if Joshua and Usyk weren't going to come to terms. If, if Remember when Joshua was supposed to fight Tyson Fury, when all that was going on? Yeah. Usyk and Joe Joyce would have fought an eliminator for, to be the number one for one of those belts. So, so Joe Joyce is actually in line for one of uh, the, the Usyk's belts, whereas um, Dylan White is in line. Obviously, he's been the number one ranked contender for that WBC belt, which is now by Tyson Fury's waist. He's been the number one ranked contender for that, only on for three years. But, like you said, money talks. So, even though he's the number one contender, I mean, if a deal was made for Joe Joyce and it was a better deal, then, then that would easily happen. Because no matter who's the number one for what, until it's mandated, it still comes down to boxing politics. Absolutely. And, and, and Tyson Fury is with uh, Bob Arum and um, Frank Warren. And I believe Joe Joyce might also be with Frank Warren, I believe. So, and like like Zito said, Dylan White's with Eddie Hearn. So, uh, Dylan White's with, he, he, he has right to have issues with his promoter, Eddie Hearn. Mm-hmm. All right. How about, uh, well, let's, uh, let's go back to the other one, uh, big time last week, uh, Terrence Crawford, TKO and uh, uh, Sean Porter in the in, in very early rounds. Well, he got him out of there in the tenth round. Uh, it, was, it, was a, it was an entertaining fight. Um, mm-hmm. And let me tell you, uh, Porter, I mean, it is the real deal. Porter's a solid guy. Porter had never been mm-hmm. stopped. Even though the fight was actually called off a little early. Porter probably could have continued fighting because his father threw in the towel. Porter was still clear-headed, but the writing was on the wall. Terrence Crawford was about to finish him um, before his dad finished him. Uh, I think Terrence Crawford really is an elite special fighter. I think, you know, right now on the run, he's he's going to be difficult to beat. not saying that he can't beat, but at welterweight, I don't know if there's anybody out there that can beat him. I think there are guys that can push him, but I don't know if there's anybody, in my opinion, based on what I saw, and uh, that mm-hmm. can beat him at Walter. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Tim? Well, I don't know if anybody's going to like to hear this, but here, this is just my personal belief. Uh, first of all, I think Porter pretty much dominated most of the fight, and they so-called Bud that I've always heard about with Terrence Crawford. I personally never really saw Bud until this fight. When I saw those eyes sticking out there at about maybe round five, it's all holding on the demeanor and another ball game and a guy that has been in the last five rounds, that was Bud. 
And so now we're talking yeah. about. But what I do have yeah. a problem with, and it may just be me, but I swear that just before the very last round ended, it seemed to me that I saw Crawford yell across the ring about something about dropping or ending it now or something like that. And they came out and they're swinging and, you know, uh, Porter gets hit, dad ends it early, and it starts making me wonder, was there something more to that fight about pushing Crawford up the ladder because he's undefeated since Porter's already lost before and this was a money thing? Or what? Because I and again I could be wrong, but if you go back and watch it and you hear him looking at him, shouting across the ring into the other corner the way he did, and saying something about dropping or is he going down now or going down or I couldn't quite decipher what he said, but mm-hmm. something didn't feel right to me in that whole thing. Once you know, mm-hmm. once he came out and they went at it, and then all of a sudden he drops down and Dad's quick to throw the towel and that just to me it didn't seem right. But mm-hmm. one thing that was recorded in the corner, uh, and, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to speculate, but one thing that, that has been recorded in the corner between the ninth and 10 rounds during Bud's corner is Crawford was sitting on you know, in the corner. And he was talking to somebody in the, in the crowd. And his corner man said, Bomack said, Terrence, pay attention. And Terrence turned to Bomack and said, yo, they, he said, we are, he said that, Sean, that he's up, meaning he said that Sean Porter is winning the fight. And hmm. Bomax said, look, pay attention, yada, 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 yada. Terrence Crawford stood up, and Terrence Crawford stood up, but they saying he up. And Bomax said, well, maybe he's up or something like that. And, and Terrence Crawford said, oh, okay, all right, all right, he up, all right. And then he went out there and knocked him out. So I don't know if it was bravado. I don't know if maybe you caught something that, that, that we all missed. But, uh, but I do know that that's uh, an exchange that transpired in the corner. Um, right before he stopped uh, Yeah, I, I could have gotten it wrong. I could have missed. I'm going to go back and try to watch it thoroughly again. But I, I swear I saw him say something about knockdown or going down, and, and he went down. And it was just weird. The dad, Port, like you said before, Porter had more in him. Now, I'm not yeah. saying he would have won it. But he was one, To me, anyway, I think he was winning the fight for sure. And it just seems that Dad was awful quick to throw that towel in and say, "Well, you know, they're they're good friends, and you know, he's getting his butt kicked. He got his butt kicked there the last few seconds, but I mean, it wasn't that bad." Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There are two things I took away from that fight, and it all all was Crawford. Um, The first thing is, when Crawford gets a beat, then then he's deadly. When he gets his beat, he's, he's deadly. Now, Sean Porter gave, gave up the shot you know, that started the ball rolling. He totally gave it to him. He jumped in with his elbows out and his face open, which Sean Porter does, and he was right in line for that uppercut. And then and, and, and Crawford, it looked like he was trying that the round before. He caught that beat the round before. But then he really, he really, really went for it, and he got his timing right, and you know, got the shot off. Um, and Crawford, he's he's known, he's beginning becoming known for that, for finding the beat. Um, so he's much, he, to me, you know, I, he impressed me with that. He's much better at that than I thought. The second mm-hmm. takeaway I get from him, Crawford's chinny. Terrence Crawford is chinny. During that fight, Sean Porter buzzed him a few times. 
I've seen it. I've seen his reaction, and it looked for a little while like Sean Porter with the harder hitter. That scares me to a certain extent, because as good of a fighter as Sean Porter is, he's not a one-punch pop dude. And for Sean Porter to be buzzing you, you can't be letting other, like, welterweights with harder punch hit you. Because now, I mean, not saying that, you know, they could get that shot off on him, but I'm thinking like a, like a, 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 good, a good version of Keith Thurman, Hitting, hitting, uh, um, Terrence Crawford. I don't know if Terrence Crawford gets up because he's going to go down. If Keith Thurman gets that shot on him, he's going to go down. I don't know if he gets up. If 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 Al Spence gets a shot on him, I don't know how he's going to either react like that. So one thing I'm going to say is, as good as he is, he's not a sweet defensive fighter. Because, but what he is, he has good timing, good good countering measures. But he's Timmy. I mean, to me, he, mm-hmm. he, he just he just can't. To me, he, that that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, Bob. Excuse me. What do you think of the pull up fight? You have Frank here out there looking like Ric Flair, man. He has Frank here looking like Ric Flair with Ric Flair in the ring. I was like, oh, my God, stop the fight. That's not supposed to happen in real life. That's what, I'm only supposed to see that when I watch the WWE, see a guy take a punch and dance around the ring like that. When I saw that, I was like, stop the fight. And you can tell Jeremy Gleal is an MMA ref, right? So he's used to a guy going down from a punch and stopping it. But a guy who's out on his feet kind of didn't know what to do. And, you know, thank God that uh, that you know, Pulev held back. Oh, that one last walk yep. and Frank Beard did the Ric Flair dance again. And just, you know, mm-hmm. Pulev put his arms there. He dropped his hands like, come on, ref. And since then, Herkliata stopped but boy, I've mm-hmm. never seen a, a fighter look like Ric Flair in a real fight. That was crazy. <laughs> I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Let's set up. Dude, <laughs> if you do nothing else, trust me, just Google Pulev and Frank Bear. When you see these, Frank Bear's on the seat, but I'm telling you, look like Ric Flair or any professional wrestler where they get staggered, they're just kind of staggered around the ring. I was like, oh my God, he's done. I, 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 have, I have never seen a fighter transform personality so quick. Um, he, it looked like you know Frank Miller's in fight mode. Then he got hit with that right, and you just could see his eyes just his eyes left, and his body just started doing different things. <laughs> like that, that, that just it, it it was crazy. Just I'm, I think he's going down, but he just keeps <laughs> staying up. So. Somehow, I mean, it's. I, I mean, I, I, you guys to give kudos to Frank Miller. I, I, I don't like, you know, the, the MMA going to boxing like that. But like Frank Miller, he's he's serious apparently. The guy, he's fought Stevie <laughs> Cunningham. He fought Pulev. Stevie Cunningham, the meat mm-hmm. was easy on him. Pulev did not. But you know, here's the thing: Pulev fought Anthony Joshua last year. Like Stevie Cunningham hadn't fought like five years, forty-five. Who lives a little longer than two? He's like 38, but he's still fighting competitively and just what for the title in his last fight. And you put him in a, somebody, something's going to happen with, with Triller. Tr- tr- something's going to happen. Uh, yeah. They're going to get sued 
This, I mean, yeah. it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is, you know, the MMA fighters won more of those matches than than the boxers on that particular card. Uh, but mm-hmm. I mean, the moment everybody saw what happened to Frank Mir, they were like, "This has to stop." You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody seriously gets hurt. That is Holyfield coming in. You know that they, I don't know how they sanctioned Evander Holyfield fighting. Now you have Frank Mir dancing. That I mean, yeah. I was just going to ask you about Frank Frank Mir. <clears throat> All right, let's let's go to Bellator two seventy two. Uh, Sergio Petitis against Boriachi. Uh, 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 I watched that, I watched that fight last night. I absolutely mm-hmm. watched. I, I, I was looking forward to that fight all week. Watched it last night. I thought Pettis would win the decision. Poriachi dominated that fight from the first round until he got caught with a spinning back fist in the fourth. And, you know, that's why they fight the fight. Poriachi was a step ahead of Pettis the whole fight. Uh, he took him down. He was outboxing. Pettis couldn't land shots. Pettis could not land shots. Poriachi. It was just too, it was mm-hmm. too difficult for Pettis to read. But one thing Pettis did, he was very composed. And I was impressed with that. Even though I was watching him round after round after round. Through three through three rounds, Pettis had only landed like nine strikes. He, was, he just couldn't get a beat on this guy. And then they got in mm-hmm. And one thing Pettis does, and his brother does, they'll be up close and they'll still throw a head kick. So they're in the middle of a punching exchange. Pettis threw a head kick. I thought it was beautiful. Horiachi ducked it. But as Pettis followed through on a kick, he came back around with a spinning uh, back fist. It, it knocked Horiachi out flat cold. And the thing I liked most about Pettis' performance was nothing to do with his performance. It was after the fight when everybody was railing and congratulating him about the spinning back fist. Pettis' comment was, I need to work a lot harder because I got dominated that fight. And he did. So mm-hmm. even in his relation of recognizing that, hey, you uh, won the fight. He knew he got dominated for, for three and a half rounds. It's a very entertaining fight. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Bob? <clears throat> I didn't get a uh, chance to, to watch it, but, you know, everything that ties that I'm not going to argue with. I mean, I'm, I'm really surprised that, that uh, Pettis had a hard time landing uh, because he's got such good skill. But, but, again, he's been around for a long time, and so – and but it is Pettis fashion to be able to throw some kind of off the wall spinny flippy jump off something you know uh move to come from behind uh you know uh like he did back in the day so um, I'm not surprised there but at least he you know from what Ty said he sounded honest about you know being manhandled in there but Pettis has been around for a while so he's an older and like one well, of the guys did This is a, a Bob. It wasn't Anthony. It was his little brother, Sergio. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So, okay. I apologize for that. Um, yeah, I didn't get a chance to see that at all, but uh, um, sounded sounded good. I did just get a chance to watch that Frank Mir thing, and going back to that, I don't know. That was hilarious, by the way. Thank you for that. Uh, and then, you know, uh, I, what a, what a proud moment for boxing. You know, I, I would like to see that exact thing happen to those, uh, Herpy brothers. You know what I mean? So the, you know, go, <laughs> the Herpy so, brothers, you know, I love it. yeah, so, 
to go, um, you know, to, for boxers to stand up and show, hey, look, get back in your own ring. You know, I want to see that. Even even coming from an MMA guy, um, I want to see boxers dominate these guys and say, hey, look, stay out of here. So that way, the real good you know, MMA ones will at least have a chance, and they can you know prove what they can. But the ones that are jokes, like the Herpy Brothers, get them out of there. But little fun mm-hmm. fact that I don't know if I've told anybody this before on the show, but uh, from good sources that live in Vegas, you know how Frank Mir, like he would be in the UFC and then, then all of a sudden lose the heavyweight champion and disappear. Then he would just show back up mm-hmm. and all of a sudden get a heavyweight shot. You know, um, mm-hmm. he would you know, start working his way up. Well, Frank Mir's dad is the head of security for the Fertito brothers, and the Fertito brothers are the real money behind the UFC, or used to be the real money behind the UFC. So, um, you know, Dana White is the fun guy. So, yeah, so Frank Mir always got these little uh, ins into the UFC because he was right there, trained in Vegas, and his dad was real friends with the, you know, the owners. But anyway, now that they've sold out, that's why Frank Mir is going somewhere else other than the UFC for money. So never mm-hmm. do that. Okay, well, what do you think, Bob? What do you think of uh, uh, um uh, versus uh, Dustin Poirier? Um. Okay, so that's going to be a great fight. Uh, I don't know if so. If Poirier wins, I think he retires on top because uh, I don't think he wants to face what's going on next. Uh, but I do believe Oliveira's got a chance at that as well, you know, uh, at, at that victory. So, really, um, I think is probably going to come out. May, I, I don't know. That, that's a tough call on that one. But either way, here comes Gagey. Here comes the rest of the guys. So, it's not going to last mm-hmm. long, whatever it is. You, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ty? That's going to be a great fight, a great fight, uh, on paper at least. Um, you know, obviously that's that's why they fight the fights because what's supposed to happen on paper sometimes it doesn't. We've been seeing that all year mm-hmm. with upsets. With that said, I think I would make the same prediction on that fight that Khabib made. Khabib said, you know, Charles Oliveira is very dangerous. He said, but he favors Dustin because of his cardio and his uh, – what did he say? He said it's cardio in his heart. And I, I think that too. Um, I, I think over five rounds, Dustin is just such a horse that I don't know if anyone mm-hmm. at lightweight, in my opinion, can beat him on his best day over five rounds. I mean, anything can happen mm-hmm. in MMA. I saw a guy last night get dominated for three and a half rounds only to win with a spinning backwards. So anything can happen. But uh, right now, when I look at all the lightweight guys, Dustin, to me, is the most proven. Um, and so I have to favor him against Oliveira. However, Oliveira has won nine in a row, and he's had eight finishes of the nine wins. So uh, you can't count him out. He is the champion for a reason, and anything can happen. But I got to lean towards Dustin at this point. Okay. All right. Uh, Tony, what do you think of uh, Devin Haney and uh, JoJo Diaz tonight? Oh, it's going to be a good fight, but I think I'm going to have to lean on Haney on this one. I'm not a not a huge JoJo guy. I I, I respect his fighting. He's a he's up and coming. He's come a long way. I just uh, I think Haney will take him tonight, though. Okay. 
Z? You're the tactician. Uh, I, 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 I agree, but this this fight could be a matter of perspective, to be honest. I think, I mean, Haney, he has the feet. Jojo Diaz is good, but he's a wheelhouse kind of guy. To where he, he does better when you're in his wheelhouse. Haney's not mm-hmm. a guy who's going to be in, in the wheelhouse. But mm-hmm. he, uh, what's going to happen to me is Haney's going to bag rounds, but as a as a matter of perspective, because the contact guy is going to be Diaz. Diaz is going to be the guy who's, who's seeking, going to be walking and seeking contact. Haney is going to be avoiding contact. To me, maybe more or less pot shotting. That's the because I think if he stops to let it off combinations, that plays in Jojo Diaz's hand. So I can see uh, Haney pot shotting for a while. The thing with that is. His effectiveness. If he's effective at pot shot, and then he's going to bag round. But Jojo Diaz is not slight of defense. I mean, the guy, he lost to Gary Russell Jr., but, I mean, he had to chase Gary Russell around. Gary Russell's hand speed is amazing. Um, and he has pretty good footwork. Haney is big. <laughs> to be honest, Haney is, is, is big for that. Game. But at the same time, he's not, he's not the most... He's not going to put that weight. He's not going to use that weight. Um, the weight comes mm-hmm. in the advantage. It, it helps, you know, his toughness. It helps, you know, him maybe puts a little more weight on his punches and helps him take punches more or less. That That's probably mm-hmm. it to me as far as that weight advantage. Um, but if Haney is a, just more or less avoiding contact and not like that, then he's, to me, he could win rounds that he really didn't win. To me, mm-hmm. so it's, I think it's just going to be a matter of perspective, but I do favor him. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you think, Ty? Haney's got a, a height advantage of two to three inches and a reach advantage of four to five inches. Haney is 23 years old, uh, so he's still very young at lightweight, 5'8". Uh, what I say by that is that he's still young. 23 years old fighting lightweight. That's the way he started his career at. Jojo Diaz started at 126, hence the Gary Russell fight, which he performed admirably in, but Russell was just too dynamic for him. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think Haney is as good uh, at this point in his career as Russell uh, was at at, at that time. Um, With that said, you got to lean towards Haney because he is a, a marvelous boxer. And, I mean, he was cleanly outboxing uh, Linares. And that's that's something you typically don't see. Even when Linares was fighting, um, what's his name, Lomachenko, it was never tough. But he was getting cleanly outboxed by Haney. But, again, Haney doesn't really possess much of a punch, so he could never deter Linares. Um, he was never punishing Linares. He was just kind of outboxing him. He was beating him to the punch all night. And he should be able to do the same thing with Jojo Diaz, just being, you know, the bigger guy, um, the, you know, quicker guy, the longer guy, the more athletic guy. Um, but Jojo Diaz can't be discounted. This is a live fight. He has more championship experience. He has more experience in general. And to this point, the only fight he's lost was that competitive decision to Gary Russell. He came up to 130, and he was not favored against Tevin Farmer and took Tevin Farmer's title. So uh, Jojo Diaz, is a, this is a real fight. And like Zito said, Haney, both guys have styles to give each other fits. What Haney's going to look to do is to score points while diffusing the exchanges, 
where Jojo Diaz is going to look to initiate the exchanges. I just don't know if Jojo Diaz is going to be able to do that enough to get a decision. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about, um, let's see, uh, I don't want to do anything about the Herbie brothers here. Because we're, we're, we're the Herbie brothers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Eddie Hearn is talking now, like he usually does. Uh, he's looking for somebody yeah. to fight Demetrius Andretti. Uh, he's talking about Charlo. He's talking about Triple G. He's talking about um, a bunch of players. If that happens, Ty, who will it be? I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that the, the best chance would be Munguia because Munguia is fighting for the zone, just like uh, Triple G is fighting for the zone. You know, his fight, in case for those who didn't know, Triple G against – Murata's fight was postponed due, due to the uh, Omicron variant of the virus. Uh, so Japan right. has closed down. Another fight, Cassiodo Iopa's fight against Joe Anaconda's fight was also postponed because of this virus. But with that said, um, I, I don't know because like Hami Mangia, once he beat Gabriel Rosado, he's like the, he's the mandatory for Demetrius Andre, but he doesn't want to fight. So Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're living in a day where, and again, I'm not the biggest fan of Demetrius Andre, but the fact of the matter is, we're living in a day where a guy has a belt and nobody wants to take the belt because they're just not it's not worth the risk. And to me, mm-hmm. that's ludicrous. That's ludicrous. And again, I'm not the biggest fan of the. He looked fantastic. Well, I mean, he knocked the guy out this round. But the fact of the matter is, is that the he's holding a belt and he's calling out guys and nobody's responding. And now you got this mandatory who's looking for other fights instead of fighting him. What I'd like to see mm-hmm. happen, Sergey Derevchenko fights Sunday on that Tank Davis card. Sergey Derevchenko is a guy I believe would fight anybody at any time. So perhaps that could be made to just get him closer to a big fight. But again, Munguia is his number one, is his mandatory as number one. Munguia is not looking that way. Perhaps they were looking at making a, you know, a fight with Triple G unification. But you know, Triple G hasn't been looking that way. So I mean, and, mm-hmm. even talking about Triple G, Triple G is so different than Andre except he's more impressive. But the fact of the matter is, he had to wait until the late thirties to get a big fight. Same thing's happening with mm-hmm. Andre. I think it sucks. I think, you know, again, not a fan of Andre, but there's no reason why a guy should have a belt, be rated in the top five, and not be able to get a fight with one of his peers. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Marvin Hagler was the same way. It's not the same yeah. way, but yeah. when you have, yeah. when you equip that with Marvin Hagler did, he went and yeah. fought anybody. Whether they were nobody yeah. or somebody, he fought everybody. <laughs> And to me, it, it, I mean, that's, that aspect of the game is gone now. I mean, he made him, the Marvin Hagler made himself, he, he, he made himself valuable. He made himself so. I mean, Marvin and, Hagler has probably one of the best, if not the best, pre-title resumes in history oh for a long-reigning champion. Oh, my God. So, and, and that's what I mean. And, like, and I'm just being... Right now, you're looking at Terrence Crawford and Canelo to a certain degree. Oh, they're they're out there trying to fight. Yeah. yeah, they're out there trying to, you know, trying to take on fight everybody kind of to a certain extent, take on the biggest challenges. They're trying to go for legacy. 
Where's Andre's legacy? Andre is 36, maybe? Three. 33. 33. Oh, okay. Yeah. 33. So, in, in today's boxing, you, you get maybe two fights a year. And now, if you're getting big fights, exactly. two, big fights. two fights a year. You're getting two fights a year. So, how many fights does Andre really have? Maybe eight? I mean, as far as his prime. That's a good way to look maybe at it. Six? That's a good way to look at it, right? Yeah. So, right now, I mean, he, he he hasn't made himself he hasn't made himself in demand like as a Marvin Hagler, and he's kind of on the back end of his career. So like that, it, it has to be now or never with a big fight with him. That's the way I look Think at about it. how much boxing controls matches now. Like like Andre would love the opportunity to unify. We know Crawford would love the opportunity to unify. Canelo was able to unify. Why? Not because people perceive them as vulnerable, but because you get a paycheck of your life. Simple as that. You, so everybody's down to fight Canelo because it's a lottery check. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'll risk my title for that check. But nobody will risk their title if there's no big check. Like, it's, it's just – it's. it's I, they wonder why MMA does so well. If you go to ESPN.com, if you go to ESPN.com, right, UFC is like the mm-hmm. whole – on their main page. Boxing, you got to go to other sports, and it is below esports. Ooh. It's esports, boxing, yeah. WWE. Seriously. Ooh. Go to their website right now and check it out. If you want to find boxing, you got to go to their other sports. And again, boxing is labeled below esports. Wow. So I guess technically we should be talking about Madden on here. <laughs> Hey, I got mm-hmm. I got a complaint about ESPN Plus too. I mean, when you're paying for a premium channel, oh, you you're, you're you're supposed to not have commercials. You're supposed to see everything, but ESPN Plus makes you pay them, and then they just show you their commercials. Oh, <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. they have their specific not only commercials. That, so you supposedly play pay for remember pay per view. The whole pay per view model of boxing was died. So for people who didn't have ESPN Plus but wanted the Terrence Crawford fight, not only did they have to buy a subscription to ESPN Plus, but then they still had to pay the pay-per-view, too. So they don't have to get yeah. Hey, Bob, there was, a, uh, there was a fight you may have missed because uh, it didn't last long. Uh, one punch. Uh, uh, Josh Hill t- took out uh, Jared Scroggins at Bellator 272. Did you see it? Oh, I did not see it. Sounds great, though. I like those one punch knockouts. Yeah, I, I, I was he just. just uh, he did even. I, next thing you know, his eyes rolled right back in his head. And he was down. Oh, fantastic! Again, I wish they had on the the Herpy Brothers. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. I was just watching the. You know, the, speaking of ESPN Plus, I just watched the uh, Alonzo Manfield versus William Knight fight. Uh, William Knight. William Knight won, right? Oh, my God. Those, uh, yeah. He, okay. I, I want to say neither one of those guys are really good fighters, but I think they have less than 3% body fat between the two of them. I mean, yeah, they're William horses. Knight, so those guys got more muscles than an Irish seafood family special. You know what I mean? They, they, uh, <laughs> they, they was in there just, I mean, Hauling on each other with all that power, it was amazing, amazing to watch. But yeah, 
So um, the one-punch knockouts are, are, are fantastic. Brings me back to the the Tyson days. Uh, you spend 60 bucks uh, for uh, 30 seconds. Of, <laughs> you know, pretty much sounds like a wedding night, but whatever. So, uh, um, but, uh, yeah, so good for him. Yeah, the, the uh, I guess uh, the other question I had for you was that uh, – uh, Francois Nagano, Nagano, um, yeah, says that uh, if he loses to Ganey, uh, he will retire. He'll leave US, UFC. One, do you think that would happen? And two, do you think it would happen? Uh, yeah, he, he's on his way out, you, you know. Mm. Um, the, the, these uh, Nagano, you know, he's, I don't know, he, He's been around for a minute, you know. He's checking out the 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 the. Uh, oh, he, he isn't he current champ or he was just champ? Hold on, I'm thinking yeah, the wrong guy. Champ. The guy who he knocks yeah, out. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't think he'd retire. Heck no. Uh, no, he's gonna do well. So I think mm-hmm. that's just more of that smack talking. Okay. You know what? Right. I think I, I'm going to slightly disagree with Bob. First of all, he says if he loses to Cyril Gaon, I don't know if he's going to lose to Gaon. Uh, a lot of people think Gaon has the size and style to trouble him. Very well could be, but there's no way you could just say, well, he's going to lose to Gaon. However, if he were to lose to Gaon, I would not be the least bit surprised if really? he's not retired, but if he left the UFC. I'm not saying I'm mm-hmm. retired. He's still going to fight. It might be boxing. It could be barren. It could be whatever. But I would not be one iota bit surprised if he left the UFC. He is very, very disgruntled in the UFC. Mm-hmm. He has been since the whole John Jones thing didn't go through. Um, he, he's been feeling the he's, Since he's won the title, he's felt nothing but disrespect. He said most times he doesn't even feel like he's the champion. He was upset the fact that he told them, look, I'll be ready in August, and they went ahead and made that interim title. He is not feeling the UFC at all. So I, I, I would be more surprised. Unless if, I, I would be more surprised if he stayed with the UFC if he wasn't champion and there were no fights on his contract. The moment that dude is not champion and has no fights on his contract – He's bullying you upstate. I have no doubt whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He is not yeah. happy there at all. I can see that. I can see that. Z, tomorrow we've got uh, Tank Davis and, uh, and Cruz. Uh, that should be a decent fight. Uh, what, what do you think he is? Uh, Sunday fight. Um, Good. Good, Z. Uh, as I always say about Tank, he is aptly named. Um, tank, tank. He, he, he's coming like a tank. I, I mean, his feet aren't the most rapid. Uh, pretty, pretty, he has pretty fast hands, um, but he hits like a tank. Uh, he's just open. I mean, my, my my only thing with tank. I mean, his feet. I mean, he, he tends to get there, and you have to be careful when you bet your offense off on tank because he will sneak some good counters in, some hard counters in. Um, but the thing with tank is he's open. And what weight is this at? Is this still at one forty? I know last fight was at one thirty five. Okay. All right. Um yeah, and tank I mean he hits hard from from one thirty up. He hits hard. Uh to to one forty. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I don't doubt his power in that, in, that, in those ten pound range, in that ten pound range. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just can't always let people hit you. I don't care who you mm-hmm. are. If you, if your style is to get hit before you let your shot off, then something bad's going to happen to you. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Tank does need to show his defense up, especially as he moves left, as you're moving up in levels. Because guys, not only they're going to get there, they're going to get there with the with that shot or those shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, I mean, I don't care who's anybody. You don't need tanking. You don't need tanking. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I I have to favor tanks, but I always have that in the back of my mind that I mean, it, it seems like before tank gets there, he he gets pinged up. I mean, and it's not like mm-hmm. he gets damaged. Tank he has a very excellent chance. That mm-hmm. you can't, I mean, we shouldn't know that all the time. <laughs> so we, mm-hmm. we're going to, I mean, we're going to see. Okay. Sorry. So Zito said Tank is very aptly nicknamed as Tank. Well, Isaac Cruz, Tank's opponent, is very aptly nicknamed as Pitbull. Because <laughs> he's a guy who fights fight very aggressive. He reminds me of the Pitbull brothers in Bellator. Uh, in a sense that he fights aggressive, he comes forward, and also that he's short. So this will probably, I'm going to call this now, Tank is only 20, I don't know, Tank is 26, 27. Tank is 27 years old, and I'm going to say right now, this is going to be the only time in his career he's going to fight an opponent who's shorter than he is. I'm going to call that now. At the age of 27, he will never fight another opponent who's shorter than he is. Um, What? Again, you're talking about a tank and you're talking about a pit bull. Well, you know, a tank is a little bit smaller than a pit bull. And even if the tank rolls over the pit bull, it doesn't mean the pit bull's not tough. That's kind of what I expect to happen here. Pitbull Cruz is a tough fighter. He's a real fight. He's a legitimate top 10 rank lightweight. The problem with Pitbull Cruz is he's just a very short guy. He has to close distance. So, like, when Zito talks about Tank getting pinged up, it's usually because Tank is trying to close distance. This is not a fight where Tank has to close distance. This is a fight where a guy is coming to, a smaller guy is coming to Tank. That's a recipe for disaster for Isaac Cruz. Isaac Cruz is a tough, aggressive guy. He's got good power, but he doesn't have Tank power. And so what we're going to get, honestly, is an extremely fun fight until... Dot, dot, dot. Until dot, dot, dot. After those three dots, that's when Cruz wakes up. That's quite mm-hmm. Well, quick update real quick. Castro and Solis fights on. Solis just went down in the first round one time. So, uh, as far as Javante Davis fight, I, I put Javante and I put uh, Canelo side by side right now. Like I've said about Canelo, neither one of those wow. two getting stopped anytime soon. I don't I think they're going to be going down. Oh. oh yeah, oh, I, he's, a, he's a beast. Did not know that. Did not know yeah. that. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna go a long way. I think it's gonna be a long time before he stops. I think it's gonna be a long time before Canelo stops. Right now, those okay. two are. Uh, they're beasts. Cool. Good, Bob. You got anything on that one? No. Watching the girls fight. Okay. Sorry. Bob, okay. who do you like tonight, Aldo or Fine? 
okay. Uh, that's a tough call. Aldo is is he's like a superhero. He's been around forever. He, yeah, you know, my God. He, you know, so uh, you know, I'm always for the old guy. The guy's got a record of thirty and seven. I mean, come on, that's it's <sighs> for MMA. It's an, it's, you know, but but then again, I'm not. You know, Rob Font is a beast. You know, so uh, yeah. Jose, you know, leg kicks. Uh, I, I I don't know, man. I I, I want to go for Jose, but I think uh, Font's got a real good chance. You know what I mean? I feel exactly like you. Jose is, is when I look back at MMA. So Jose actually joined the UFC. Remember, he was a WEC champion. Joined the UFC ten years ago. Jose Aldo has not been in the top ten his whole career in the UFC. He's always been in the top ten through his whole career. Never dropped out. Um, so Jose, they always say he's your favorite fighter's favorite fighter. He's that guy. However. Mm-hmm. The thing that kind of scares me, and I, I, oh, I want him to win no matter who he fights, right? He could fight me, and I'd be pulling for him. Um, <laughs> but the thing that scares me about this Font fight is Font has some physical attributes, which historically have given uh, my boy trouble. And the fact is, Font is a long guy, longer than Font. And he, he's a long guy who can box, who puts volume on you, kind of like a Max Holloway. Um, not mm-hmm. saying he's as good, not saying he's horrible, not saying anything that, you know, in regards to Max Holloway except physical dimensions and pacing. And Aldo is sharp, Aldo is slick. But uh, over five rounds, I don't like Aldo. I don't like Aldo. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, again, we're talking MMA, right? Anybody can hit a home run at any moment of the fight. But barring that, yep. I like uh, I like Font to to eventually start to drown uh, Jose Aldo. Castro the same way Peter Yan did, but not as devastating. Castro just hit a home run. Solace just went down. That fight's over. He just hit a home run? Yep. He just knocked him out in the first or second, second round. Love, love the walk-offs. <laughs> love the walk-offs. Absolutely. Thanks. But Ty, then Thanks. you got Clay Guido against Rolando Santos tonight too, and and Guido's been around forever. I mean, Guido goes down to infamy as having, you know, the the best cardio of or most insane cardio of any person on the planet. You know, so Guido Santos is actually older than Guido. Yeah, yeah, Santos is actually forty himself. So these these are two uh, two relics. Yeah, but yeah, Clay Guida is special. Like he's not going to go down in history that way, right? Because he's never won a title, was never a top five contender. But Clay Guida is just a special athlete. This guy's cardio is a gift. It's, it's different. It's special. His energy is special. He just. He just never was able to put it together to crack through. But he, he really is a special athlete. Yeah, I, I use him as an example of when I'm teaching. And, you know, you get these new guys that want to dance around the outside and they don't want to engage. And I'm like, you're no Clay Guido. Like, you're not going to have a cardio. You, you, you can't you keep doing that, you know, but whatever. Good. Tiafino Lopez says now he's going to move to 140 so that he can take on Josh well, he, Taylor. 
he, he's been saying that for a while. Um, and, and so I, I don't expect that to change. He, he, he's been struggling with the weight for a while. He was clearly clear. Even though Cambosis is like taller, he was clearly the bigger guy in the ring. <laughs> it wasn't even, they mm-hmm. look two weight classes different today. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, he, he has the frame of a 140 pound guy with that said, don't know how successful he's going to be before he moves forward. He needs to address what happened in the ring that night. And by addressing what happened in the ring, he needs to be honest with himself instead of saying, I won 10 rounds to two. And not only does he need to be honest with himself, he needs to be honest with his trainer, who's his father, who didn't give him good corner instructions, who told him that, that just knock this motherfucker out, he would say. Also, when Fimo came back to the corner, his father was actually looking at the stand celebrating this was the round that Tiafimo knocked him out. Tiafimo knocked him down. Tiafimo knocked Lambosis down, comes back to the corner, and his dad is turned around celebrating with the crowd. Like, so oh. there are things that need to address, he, he needs to address before he fights somebody at the level of Taylor, because Taylor's not playing with you. You can fight him any style. If you give him a chance, he'll punish you. So Tiafimo needs to address some things, uh, starting with what happened in the ring and what happened in the corner before he considers Josh Taylor. He may need to get his house in order first and then take a confidence builder to make sure his house is in order before he jumps ahead with Josh Taylor. That's my opinion. Okay. All right, well, we're just about up to, up to our time limit. Uh, Bob, you have anything new? Nope, still watching the girls fight. It was a good uh, female fight between uh, Cheyenne Byers and Mallory Martin. But other than that, uh, you know, again, great week. Uh, thanks for always uh, uh, giving me a call. Thanks for our fighting word fans. And uh, God bless everybody. I apologize that I came in sleepy and not prepared. But uh, we'll see you soon. Okay. Tony? FightingWordsRadioNetwork.live website. Everything is getting taken care of daily, so keep checking on it. And it's, thank uh, you. Appreciate it. My little project for you all, you guys, and thank you to all the listeners. And hello to uh, Ada and Brandon. Hope you both are feeling better. And everyone have a great weekend. Okay. Ty. Hey, it was always a pleasure being on here with you guys. This is the most I talk at all during the week because the other six days I try to avoid people being honest with you. So uh, <laughs> I really enjoy this as usual. Uh, Bob is their co-pilot. Coach Bell's watching over us. Dr. Chris, he's laughing everyone. Have a good week. Oh, another wonderful show. I want to thank all my fighting world families. These shows are dedicated to Bob, Coach Mel, and Dr. Chris. Anyone want to hear any fighting words? Please do call. And I want to thank everybody for being on. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to be with uh, with you guys uh, every Saturday night. Uh, now, just so everybody will know, uh, Captain Bob will be uh, out yatching next uh, next week, so uh, he won't be on, but. Uh, We'll see him in, in two weeks. Uh, Bob, I hope you uh, do well. Uh, Ty, thanks a lot for everything. Yeah, Z, always well prepared. Tony, great, great job. Uh, and Caden uh, is uh, off right now, but uh, he's, he'll be here. So um, I want to thank everybody. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week. I appreciate you. Men, women in the United States Armed Forces, men, women, police, and fire services.
the men and women in the first line of COVID, uh, the doctors, the nurses, especially those nice people that clean up after everybody's done, and as well as the people in the in the supermarkets. Um, we want to wish everybody a, a very good weekend. Um, these programs are dedicated to those who lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Tolkat, Sergeant Thomas Statinger, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Hendler, Sergeant Tom Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Carpet Springs Police Department, uh, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department. Sergeant Chris LeVake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. Patrolman Anafo Crispin, Lakeland PD. Lieutenant Joe Zerba, Newcastle County Police. Patrolman Josh Meyer, Newcastle County, Newcastle County um, Police Department. Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department. Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Arthur Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department. Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Chief Al Hogle, Longwood Key Police Department. And Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. My brothers and sisters, though, you may be 10-7 at this point in time. Sometime will be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the rose rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your family always in the hallow of his hands. Good night. God bless. And have a great week. And proudly tossed his nose
Thank you. 